at Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic foodie. Stick with me today as I catch you up on some recent happenings in and around my kitchen. Uh, We're going to be talking biscuits today, believe it or not, drop biscuits to be exact. I'll give you the recipe that I use to make biscuits for Sunday breakfasts, and we'll preview a little game I'm thinking about starting here on the Catholic Foodie Show. And I want to thank you for listening to the Catholic Foodie Show. You know, you can always be a part of the show uh, by giving me a call. Uh, you, uh, there's two ways to contact me and to to to, um, to give me feedback live on the show. Uh, one way is to leave me voicemail. I know some folks don't like to call in and actually be live on a radio show, but you can always call in and leave me voice feedback that I can play here on the show. And the voice feedback line is 985-635-4974. Again, the number is 985-635-4974. We also have a live number that you can call me, that you can call me at, and I need to find it real quick, and I'm going to give that one to you too, but that this is awesome because I love to hear you. I love to get feedback from you. I love to have a conversation with you, and I think that's the beauty, the magic of radio today. Uh, Podcasting is the same way, Uh, but you can call in live to the show if you want to. You can call me now at 855-949-1380. That's 1380. 855-949-1380. Today, we're talking uh, biscuits. We're talking Sunday breakfast, and uh, we're talking, we're just going to kind of catch up. You know, I haven't done uh, a live show. I don't know if you've noticed that, but I haven't done a live show in a couple of weeks. Um, And this may be a perfect little segue into uh, the first item uh, of catching up with you. uh, And that is the, you know, my my new little baby, uh, Zelly Marie. Uh, Zelly, we welcomed her on June 10th into the world. Beautiful, beautiful baby girl. I'm totally smitten, totally in love. And uh, it's it's just, it it really is. I mean, God is amazing. Life is amazing. Uh, This this thing called family is amazing. Marriage is amazing. Uh, All of it. And uh, there's certainly a a purpose in in this and a beauty that uh, that God has put into it. Uh, and, and Zelly is wonderful. You know, I, I am a forty five year old dad, uh, the fourth four times over. Uh, this is our fourth child. My three teenagers are uh, are helping out tremendously around the house. Uh, at the same time. Uh, you know, we have, there's certain things that mom and dad, uh, try to take care of uh, the most, of course, uh, feeding the baby and, and things of that nature. She sleeps in, in the room with us. And so we are, uh, you know, trying to get acclimated here to, um, you know, uh, sleep, <laughs> trying to, to, to stay, uh, in a, in a, in a, in a good cycle there, uh, getting, getting enough sleep and, uh, but it's all good. It's all good. I tell you what, and, and, and there's nothing like a baby to bring out, uh, the best in people. It's been, uh, just amazing when we're out in public to see the response of, of other people and the gamut. I mean, from, you know, little kids to, to, elderly, uh, whether it's just an individual that we run into or a whole family, uh, the baby, people love babies. And, uh, this is something I forget, you know, we, we, we haven't had a, a baby in the house. Uh, well, I mean, my youngest besides Zelly is 13 years old. So it's been quite a while, totally forgot, uh, how, how a baby impacts people. And, uh, and that has been a real, a real joy. And actually I tell you, it, it really has helped me to, uh, to have more 
more uh, faith and hope in in the future. <laughs> you know, faith in God and hope in the future because uh, just to see the goodness of people uh, in the face of uh, or in the presence of a baby has just been amazing. And uh, along with those lines, you know, I want to tell you about a ministry that um, that we have in our parish. I know a lot of parishes probably uh, uh, have a ministry along those lines. Uh, but I want to tell you one thing first uh, before I do that. I want to say, you know, Real Life Radio is you supported. And that might just pique your curiosity. And if it does, you can find out why we say it and how it benefits you by going to realliferadio.com and clicking on the Care to Share link. Uh, Real Life Radio. Radio.com. You know, in many ways, this radio thing is an experiment and uh, a play on the radio uh, in a lot of, in a similar way to how I play in the kitchen. To me, cooking is like play. It is. It's, uh, it's relaxing. <clears throat> I do a lot of experimentation in the kitchen comparing things, playing around, mixing different tastes, different flavors together to see what works and, and what tastes good. And we're going to do a little experimenting today on the show. You know, right now I'm in the studio um, and uh, and I'm looking forward to um, creating content, radio content uh, in my own kitchen and in the future, even in restaurants. Uh, as a matter of fact, we're going to step into my kitchen in just a bit uh, so that I could teach you how to make drop biscuits. And again, this is going to be a little experiment, um, but, but, you know. Drop biscuits are good. I want you to be there. I want to show you how to do it. And I'm going to try to do that via the radio. Now, first, I wanted to tell you about uh, the meals ministry, right? The meals ministry at uh, about parish. Uh, we have a very vibrant parish, very blessed to have uh, a very vibrant parish, uh, St. Peter's in Covington, Louisiana. And uh, it has been such a joy having families prepare meals for us and and bringing them over. Uh, I think Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, the last uh, week or so, we've been getting meals since we've been back from the, the hospital. And, uh, y- you know, you don't think about that. I mean, how much time it really takes to put a meal together to feed a family. And this is just one small thing that that other families can do that really help out parents, families who are welcoming a new child into the world. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of adjustments that have to be made. There's a lot of uh, recuperation that has to be uh, gone through, especially for mama. You know, if mama is uh, has a C-section, as an example, that's you're recovering from major surgery. Um, but even even besides that, I mean, just with, with normal natural childbirth, you still have a lot of, of recovery uh, to go through. So something like this is a real help. And it's, you know, with, with What's beautiful to me is that you have, uh, it kind of highlights the fact that the parish is where we encounter the universal church, right? The parish really is our family. You know, we talk about the church as being the family of God. And and that is very, very true. And the, the church is universal. Matter of fact, the church really goes well beyond the boundaries that we typically think of as the boundaries of the church. Um, but, but we experience, we touch the universal church where in our parishes, that's where, uh, that's where we encounter the universal church, through the sacraments and through the relationships that are developed there in the parish. And so something like this, where we're going through the, the welcoming this new baby into our lives, into the world. And we have the love and the concern and the care and the food, <laughs> <laughs> of fellow parishioners that's just being lavished upon us. And that is, um, it, it, it's a beautiful thing, but it, it's, it's, a, 
it's deep, right? It's deep. It's almost like the, the, the care and the love of God tangibly, tangibly touching us in our lives through, uh, through fellow parishioners. And that, that's a, a wonderful thing. If you don't have anything like that in your parish, I would, uh, you never know, maybe God's calling you to start something new. My wife, believe it or not, my wife was actually the one that started that ministry in our parish a long time ago. I guess it was probably, I don't know, 14, uh, 13, 14, 15 years ago when we were, uh, you know, first having, having babies. So, um, a wonderful, a wonderful uh, ministry, and I, I just want to thank all the families who so far have have been bringing meals to us. They've all been delightful. I will say it's been funny. I, I've have kind of kind of gotten a kick out of this. Um, several several folks who have signed up to, uh, to bring meals to us. We know these people, you know, they're friends of ours they're their fellow parishioners. And I, I've had a number of them say, you know, I was really kind of intimidated <laughs> to sign up to bring a meal to the Catholic foodie, you know? And I'm like, look, you know, don't, don't worry about that. I'm, it's not like I'm a, a food critic and I'm cr- critiquing anything. All I can say is that we are wowed. We are overjoyed. We are ecstatic that you would share your gifts and your love and your, your talents and, uh, with us, you know, that, uh, that we can, we can, uh, uh, share in your life that way. You know, they, they share with us their gifts and their talents uh, and what they put together on the table. It's, it's really wonderful. And a couple of the things that have been happening uh, in the Catholic Foodie or around my kitchen, at least, I want to tell you about. First of all, is a, a Q&A, a question and answer session with Sarah Vabulous, the Catholic drinky last week. I'm going to share parts of that conversation on the show um, this week coming up. And then I have a couple of uh, upcoming events I want to share with you. But first, first, uh, before we go to break, I want to share with you this little clip here, which is an introduction to the Drop Biscuits. Right now, in my time, it is uh, Sunday morning, and Sunday mornings are uh, are special, special family times. You know, I think a, a lot of families uh, feel that way, especially families going to church. I mean, it's a it's a big big day, a day of rest is what it's supposed to be. I know in our own day and time, it becomes increasingly difficult. To, uh, to have a day of rest. But that's the idea, right? That's the thought behind it. And today, uh, we like to do Sundays, you know, we go to Mass early, typically. Uh, there are times we go at different, uh, you know, later Masses, uh, typically in the evening, if it's the last weekend of the month, last Sunday of the month is a youth Mass. But our, our usual schedule, our reg- regular schedule, is uh, 8 a.m. Mass. And so we'll come back from Mass and we'll make uh, breakfast. And that's what I'm doing right now. Uh, we're doing bacon and eggs. And uh, some drop biscuits, and I'm going to go over uh, the recipe for the drop biscuits in, in just a minute. I'm laying out uh, right now some bacon, some thick-cut bacon from a company in, uh, I believe, in Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, may, they may not be in Lafayette. I have to check. Richards, uh, I like Richards, thick-cut bacon. And what am I doing here? This is an experiment, folks. This is... Uh, Cooking on the radio. You know, I haven't done a whole lot of cooking on the radio, but that's what I'm doing right now. Um, so I'd love to know, by the way, what you do. What, what do you like to do? What does your family like to do for breakfast on Sundays? Uh, I know that it's very popular uh, for churches a lot of times on Sundays after Mass to have coffee and donuts. And uh, matter of fact, just this past week, I saw uh, Greg Willits... Um, posted a video, I think it was the top five uh, favorite uh, meals, I think is what it was, um, 
at Catholic parishes around the country. It's really pretty funny. It's top five, and you had, you know, I'm not going to ruin it all for you, but I will say that coffee and donuts made the list. So you may want to check that out. I'll put a link in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. That was a really good, uh, really good video he put together. And that's it. And we're going to take a quick break here. You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show on Real Life Radio. We'll be back in just a minute. So what do you do? I'd love to know what you like to do for breakfast, you and your family, on Sundays. And, and we, you know, I will tell you that a lot of times we don't necessarily have, you know, lunch at noon and dinner at six and, um, you know, breakfast at a particular time on Sundays. Sundays we kind of let things happen as they as they do. And uh, we may have this brunch here. It's going to be probably 10, 30, 11 o'clock before we have it. And then we're going to uh, eat dinner whenever it's ready. And it may be, uh, I don't know, it may be uh, 6 o'clock. I, I, I don't know yet. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. I can actually fit 11 strips of bacon on here. So that's 10 for us and one for you. How about that? See if that'll work. And, you know, we're lucky uh, that I can actually do this right now and, and have you in the kitchen with me because everybody else is otherwise engaged. If they were all in here, it would be chaos and there would be no radio going on. Now, I do want to tell you, let's see, I better put a timer here. If I don't put a timer, I'm going to forget. Uh, I will tell you this, that uh, the recipe that I use for drop biscuits comes from uh, Chef John Besh from his um, cookbook, My Family Table. The subtitle, I love the subtitle of this cookbook, A Passionate Plea for Home Cooking. As a matter of fact, you're going to hear more about this cookbook tomorrow on tomorrow's show. Um, I'm actually going to review the book and tell you uh, some of my favorite aspects uh, of the cookbook, talk to you a little bit about Chef John Bash and the work that he does, and, uh, and also give you some recipes uh, from this book. So that's for tomorrow. That's on tomorrow's show. But today you're getting a sneak peek because I am going to talk about these drop biscuits. He gives two recipes for biscuits in this uh, cookbook, My Family Table. One of them is called Angel Biscuits, and uh, the wonderfully delightful uh, airy, fluffy uh, biscuits, but you've got a plan for those. They, um, you start them the night before, so it's not as easy as doing um, drop biscuits. Drop biscuits are immediate. And let me tell you what you need for these drop biscuits, and they call them drop biscuits, by the way, because once you have the mixture together, um, you just literally, you take a spoon, scoop some up and drop it onto a, uh, a heating surface. It could be a cookie sheet or a baking stone or something, uh, something like that. And uh, you just give them, you know, space them to where they're not going to be too bunched up together and let them, let them do what they do. Let them rise. So uh, in these, the drop biscuits, you need two cups of flour, uh, one tablespoon of baking powder, a pinch of sugar, a pinch of salt, five tablespoons of butter, and one and a quarter cups of milk. Now, I'm using King Arthur self-rising flour today, and uh, because of that, we're not gonna have to worry about the, the baking soda, um, I mean baking powder. 
the self-rising flour will take care of that for us. So here we go. I'm putting two cups into a large uh, mixing bowl. And you know, I, I really do, I love glass. I love glass mixing bowls. Uh, when I drink water, as an example, um, I like to drink it out of a glass. I don't, I don't like plastic. I just, I think that things taste better with glass and I like working with glass. So I use a glass uh, mixing bowl. We're actually using the same mixing bowls that we got uh, as wedding gifts which I just love these things. I can't remember the name of them. I have to look it up. And uh, it's a French company, uh, the glass making company. They make uh, glasses and tumblers as well. And uh, these bowls have just been, they're 16 years old now, and uh, they've been fantastic. So the flour, and I liked, you know, when you put the sugar and the salt in there, it says a pinch. Notice there's no exact measurements, and uh, I like that. So we just kind of, you know, eyeball it. It's kind of like what you what you like, you know. we. Personally, like a little more salt, uh, and so I add a little bit more uh, to the to the mix here. And I should have see the perfect example. Here I am racing around the kitchen, going from one place to the other, running to the pantry, trying to find sugar. Why? Because I'm still working on that culinary concept called mise en place. Mise en place meaning um, everything in its place. Because when you when you, when you put this into practice, mise en place, then what you do is you set everything up in, that you're gonna need for a particular recipe in one spot, so it's all there. And then you just start to cook. You don't have to go run all over the place. I'm still working on that. I, I'm not too, uh, too good at it. <laughs> I tend to just jump right in and I start having to race around. Now the sugar that I'm using today is raw sugar and uh, this is really kind of neat, you know, how all this stuff kind of comes together. Uh, it's raw sugar that we got from Sister Tracy Dugas. Sister Tracy was uh, a guest on the show a couple of weeks back. We had a lot of technical difficulty that day on the show, and it, it's kind of hard to, to hear. But if you have the patience, I think it's worth it because uh, our conversation was really, really good. And Sister Tracy is such an inspiration and, and does really good work with the, uh, the Daughters of St. Paul. She is from the Lafayette area and uh, had recently, I guess is about two months ago, had recently gone there for a visit, maybe around Easter time. And uh, she had, while she was there, had uh, I think a cousin of hers was uh, works for a sugar company and gave her a tour. And so she came back with all these samples of raw sugar. She gave us a bag of it. And so that sugar from Sister Tracy is going into these biscuits this morning. Isn't that cool? Very cool. I love Kerrygold butter. We use uh, Kerrygold quite a bit. I think there's a tremendous difference in flavor between what you would typically find in butter here in the States and what you find in uh, the European butter. And Kerrygold is uh, an Irish butter. One, two, three, four. We're gonna do uh, five tablespoons of butter and there's nothing that can beat that awesome flavor of butter. Now it's interesting working with this because you know the butter is very uh, chilled at the moment. I just pulled it out the fridge and that's important because I'm gonna cut it into small pieces, small chunks, um, very small uh, actually. And because I want it to kind of spread throughout the, the, the mix here for the biscuits. And butter can be cold, but as soon as you start working with it, what does it do? It starts to melt. That can prove uh, problematic when you're trying to uh, do what we're doing, have these small little chunks 
spread all throughout the uh, the mixture. The biscuit, I'm calling it a mixture. It's not really a, I guess it's a dough. Um, but once you put it into the flour, uh, then, then you can, it'll start to maybe separate uh, the slices here. So we're putting the butter right now into the flour. Now what you, what you need to do is uh, preheat the oven to 400 degrees and that's a-okay. I've already done that because I have bacon in the oven right now. And uh, boy, we love bacon, right? Who doesn't love bacon? And what, what doesn't? What dish is not better with bacon? Even last week, I think we, uh, I made, uh, there were some friends made brownies for us and brought them over and I couldn't help but add a little bacon on top of the brownies, uh, a little ice cream on the side. That was a special treat. Uh, celebrating the uh, the arrival to our home of our brand new baby, our brand new baby girl, Zelly Marie. And uh, I'm almost done with this butter. It takes a little while when you're trying to cut it the way I'm trying to, to cut it in small pieces. I know we're probably coming up on a break, but the, the bad thing about uh, cooking this way and trying to do radio this way is that my hands are so dirty I can't see my timer. I can't pull that out. I don't want to get butter all over radio equipment, if that makes sense. That's probably why a lot of these cooking shows, especially on TV, it's not just a one-man deal. You got a whole team there, right? So what you're going to do is you're going to preheat the oven to 400. You want to sift the flour, the baking powder, which we're not using today because we have self-rising flour, sugar, salt, in a large mixing bowl, which is what I've done. We're going to use a fork to mix this all together. Uh, we're gonna cut the, the butter into the mixture and then uh, the milk. I need a cup, one and a quarter cup of milk. And um, I'm the chef, so I can lick the butter off my fingers. And then wash my hands. I will do that. I'll wash my hands before I do anything else. And then we're gonna add the milk and all we have to do is, is mix this together. You're gonna have a wet dough at that point. And uh, as I said, it's so super easy. All you have to do is take a spoon, whatever size you want, and uh, just scoop out some of the dough, put it onto a cooking surface. I'm gonna be using a, uh, a stone, uh, a baking stone, to do the biscuits. And uh, see, had I been doing mise en place, I would have made sure that the milk was not, that the measuring cup was not only out, but that the milk was already poured. And guess what? I didn't do that. So I had to race around and find one. And here we are, pouring the milk in right now. Uh, actually measuring the milk. And now I'm gonna be pouring it in and stirring. This is uh, quite a little adventure here, bringing you into the kitchen so that you can be with me as I make these um, drop biscuits. As I mentioned earlier, we are going to be talking tomorrow, Tuesday, about um, Chef John Besh in general, and also uh, in particular about his book that was released a few years ago, a couple years ago now, I believe, My Family Table, a passionate plea for home cooking. And uh, I, I, definitely a, a plea, a, a, a message, a, a mission that, that I share, and I'd be very, I am very excited to share uh, a little bit more about Chef John Besh with you uh, tomorrow. I, I've had the pleasure of interviewing him on the Catholic, uh, my Catholic radio show, or my radio show on the Catholic uh, station in New Orleans, Around the Table. 
is called, uh, the show is called, and I've had the pleasure of interviewing him on that show, I think, uh, two or three times now. Always a delight, always a delight. Good man, good Catholic, uh, good family man, good father and, and, and husband, and a good example. He's doing a lot of good work in New Orleans, so I'll be sharing more about him with you uh, tomorrow. And now, these little biscuits, I mean, at least the, the mixture is ready. I'm about to drop them onto the stone. But I'm sure at this point we need to, uh, we need to take a break. So uh, thank you for being here, for listening to The Catholic Foodie Show. And we'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jeff Young, your host. I would love, I'm so curious, I would love to hear what you think or what you thought about the last segment. You know, that was uh, that was done in my kitchen. It was done yesterday morning as I was making breakfast uh, for the family. And uh, I mentioned earlier in the show, this is an experiment. You know, I've been wanting to do something along these lines for a long time. I have the equipment to uh, to be in the kitchen and to record at the same time. I mean, it's all stuff that would have to be done, not live. It has to be pre-recorded. Uh, but I'm, I'm curious, you know, I know that some of the, the radio shows that I have done with uh, the Around the Table Food Show in New Orleans uh, have been done on location. Location at restaurants. Uh, we have interviewed chefs in their restaurants uh, all across New Orleans, and it's been just a delight. It's, it's so much fun, first of all, to be there, to be able to interview these chefs in person. Uh, I have to admit, it's it's also pretty nice when they bring food out and, and they feed us and <laughs> let us uh, taste some of the uh, some of the dishes that they are um, most most known for, and uh, just a joy. I mean, uh, being able to interview uh, uh, Chef Leah Chase as an example in person, uh, who was the inspiration behind, uh, was it, uh, uh, Tiana, right? Uh, the princess and the frog, princess Tiana, uh, Disney's, uh, movie princess and the frog, uh, that Leah Chase is the, I mean, she's world famous, you know, uh, chef Leah Chase is just, uh, it was so, so good to, to meet her very devout Catholic and, uh, just a, a beautiful human being, just so loving, reminds me in a lot of ways, believe it or not, of mother Teresa. She has that sort of, uh, almost personal authority. I don't know if I, if I can really, I mean, she walks the walk, uh, she walks the talk, I guess is what you would, would say. Uh, but we got to interview chef Justin DeVille. Uh, at his restaurant, La Petite Grocery, uh, we've gotten to we got to uh, interview uh, Chef Anthony Scanio over at uh, at uh, uh, Delmonico Emeralds Delmonico. I mean uh, uh, Matt Murphy uh, at the Irish House. I mean we've we've had some just fantastic uh, uh, guest chefs on the show. But what's so awesome about it, and we get feedback, you know, we get feedback on this, is that it's 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 on location. You've got the restaurant, you've got noise in the background. It's not just a quiet studio like I'm in right now, right? You've got um, uh, forks and knives and spoons clinking on china and, and, and you know, people pouring water or drinking water, whatever it may be. I mean, you've got the, the, uh, the ambient noises going on. And there's something to that. It makes, I think, for good radio. And that's kind of my thought with, uh, with going into the kitchen. I do envision at some point going into restaurants uh, with you, bringing you with me, so to speak, uh, into restaurants to, uh, to maybe try a couple of dishes. 
dishes to maybe uh, talk, maybe go behind the scenes to go into the kitchen at some restaurants and to talk to uh, to chefs in action while they are uh, cooking. It proves to be somewhat uh, challenging, I think, uh, from a from a, a tech standpoint to actually capture all this audio. Um, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into uh, to radio, so we'll see. We'll see. That's certainly something that I have in mind, and uh, certainly something that uh, that that I would like to see happen. And I'd love, again, I would love to hear what you have to say. You can always email me at jeff at catholicfoodie.com. You can leave me voice feedback uh, feedback or a voice e- uh, uh, voicemail at 985-635-4974. 985-635-4974 is the voice, the Catholic Foodie voice feedback line. You can always leave me a message there. Let me know what you think about this concept, this idea, this experiment of uh, radio in the kitchen. <laughs> Or radio in the in the restaurant. We'll see. We'll see how that works. Uh, you can also call live. You can reach me live on the show right now if you wanted to. You could give me a call at um, look at the number up again eight five five nine four nine thirteen eighty eight five five nine four nine thirteen eighty. You know, I started out the show. Uh, matter of fact, I'm kind of calling the show "Catch Up" or "Catching Up" with the Catholic Foodie, because I have been uh, kind of on paternity leave for the last couple of weeks uh, since the baby came, and uh, I haven't done. Uh, I think I've done in that time period maybe only one live show with you. So I wanted to kind of catch up with you. I did tell you earlier in the show about the Q and A session I did last week with Sarah Vabulous, the Catholic Drinky. Uh, it's about her new book uh, that is out, and I'm, I'm just so excited. We've we had Sarah on the show. I guess the first week that we were on uh, Real Life Radio, and that was uh, just a delight. I know it's been replayed a couple of times since then, but but we are going to have Sarah back on now that the book is out. We're going to have Sarah back on soon to talk uh, with us about the book and uh, hopefully to kind of dig a little deeper into it and into how we can evangelize just really, I think, just by being ourselves, you know. Um, it's a very important, very important thing, and, and it's a good thing for us to, to, to discuss how we can really, really, reach folks uh, in, a, in a real authentic way. Uh, and, and Sarah's doing a wonderful job of that with beer <laughs> and cocktails over at the Catholic Drinky. And so I'm going to share with you some parts of that conversation uh, over the course of the next um, uh, few shows. It probably won't be tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll be talking about Chef John Besh, but maybe Wednesday and Thursday I'll be able to sneak in some uh, some clips from, uh, from the conversation I had with Sarah. And we had some some guests that joined us, Father Daryl Millette uh, uh, joined us on on that Q and A, and so did uh, our, our friend Lisa Hindi of CatholicMom.com fame. Uh, Lisa Hindi joined us for a little while there too, and that was just such a delight. Uh, and along the same lines of kind of catching up with uh, with the Catholic foodie, I want to let you know about two events that are coming up in the very near future, just a couple of weeks from now, two three weeks from now. <clears throat> Uh, excuse me there. Um, it looks like I don't have all the details yet. I don't have all the details yet, but it does look like I'm going to be at the Catholic Marketing Network trade show in New Jersey toward the end of July. I believe it's the 22nd and the 23rd. Uh, I will then fly home the next day on the 24th uh, to cook for a hundred people uh, for an event called Thirst for Truth, which is basically uh, theology on tap for old people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm I'm one of the old people. I'm one of them, right? I think it's 35 and over because uh, theology on tap is for 
quote unquote, young adults from ages of uh, 18 to 35. And so for all the old fogies like me, you know, I'm 45. So all of us uh, over 35, we have this thing called Thirst for Truth. And it's, uh, we meet, it's on the North Shore of New Orleans. We meet at uh, the Abita uh, Brewery, actually, if you like Abita beer. We, we meet there at the brewery, at the uh, hospitality center at the brewery. And uh, uh, we'll be cooking, uh, my wife and I will be cooking uh, f- or at least organizing that. We're going to have to get a, a small army of volunteers to help us cook for a hundred. Uh, but we are going to be cooking that night. And uh, not only will we be cooking for the event, but I'm actually the guest speaker uh, for the evening. So I will be speaking about uh, food and faith, really sharing culinary stories of food and faith from my pilgrimage to the Holy Land last year. Uh, you know, that pilgrimage was um, also the basis for uh, my book, uh, Around the Table with the Catholic Foodie Middle Eastern Cuisine. And so all the, the food for the night is, is going to come from the cookbook. It's going to be all Middle Eastern themed uh, foods from the Holy Land. And, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a good a good time. I think the, the title of the talk is something along the lines of How to Eat Your Way to Salvation, A Foodie's Guide to the Holy Land or something along those lines. Um, and and uh, it's going to be exciting. So if you're going to be at the Catholic Marketing Network's trade show up in New Jersey, or if you're going to be in the greater New Orleans area on, uh, you know, this is the, the New Orleans, the 24th, and I guess in New Jersey, I'm thinking it's the 22nd, 23rd, maybe it's the 21st and 22nd. Anyway, uh, during that time period, if you're going to be anywhere around where I'll be, I'd love for you to come by and say hi. Uh, I also will be signing books too, so you can pick up one for yourself and maybe even give one away as a gift. So uh, those are some exciting things that are going to be happening uh, in the next few weeks uh, over at, um, uh, well, between New Jersey and New Orleans. So (laughs) you can put that on the agenda. I will have some more information, more of the details, at least over at uh, CatholicFoodie.com. And don't forget, you know, there is a a Facebook page, uh, the Catholic Foodie Facebook page. I have a a lot of activity happens over there, believe it or not. Um, I got a lot of of engagement, a lot of people who uh, comment on um, a lot of the food pictures that I put post over there and baby pictures. If you want to see baby pictures of uh, Zelly, you can do that. Oh, by the way. The way, I mean, I should have put this in the show notes. I totally forgot, but uh, I did write about this yesterday over at CatholicFoodie.com. The Vatican finally came out with a date for the canonization of uh, Blessed Louis and Zelie Martin. That's the parents of Saint Therese of Lisieux, the little flower. Uh, they, they've been uh, they were beatified by Pope Benedict a few years back, and. Um, they are um, going to be canonized. They're going to be canonized uh, in Rome this year by Pope Francis on October 18th. So that's very exciting, very exciting indeed. Their feast day, by the way, their feast day, uh, blessed, it's the first time in history that we've had a married couple being canonized together. All right, first time in history. But their feast day, which they share together, is actually July 12th, which, by the way, providentially, looks like it's going to be the baptism day for our Zelly. So that's uh, very exciting indeed. Please keep that little baby in your prayers and keep our family in your prayers. I'd, I'd really appreciate that. Everything is going great. Everything is fine. But, you know, we could all use some prayers, right? And uh, (laughs) I want to thank you very much for that. You are listening, folks, to the Catholic Foodie Show here on You Supported Real Life Radio. We need to take a break, but we'll be back in just a minute. 
show here on You Supported Real Life Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Young. And uh, we do say that, don't we? We say that uh, that Real Life Radio is You Supported. And uh, there's a reason for that. You know, it may pique your curiosity. And if it does, you can always find out about that. Uh, we can find out why we say it and how it benefits you by going to realliferadio.com and clicking on the Care to Share link. Now, you know, early in the show, I mentioned to you a little video that Greg Willits uh, put together. And I actually have the audio for that right here. Uh, it's it's uh, a part of a little series that Greg puts together. It's very real short videos. Uh, it's called uh, Caffeine uh, Caffeine Catholicism. I think it's, it's like a, a jolt to your faith or something along those lines. It's a pretty cool little deal he's got going on. And, you know, Greg Willett's uh, Rosary Army of Rosary Army fame, uh, The Catholics Next Door uh, podcast. And, and he was on Sirius XM for a few years and uh, with his wife, Jennifer. Um, just an awesome dude doing a lot of good work uh, for the church. I believe he works right now for the, uh, the diocese or archdiocese of Denver, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, he put this, uh, this little video together. I love it. It's the five best meals at a Catholic parish. I do want to share with you today uh, my recipe for red beans and rice, and I have a reason for that. But before I do that, I want to let this uh, this little audio clip here play. You can find out more about Greg. Just go to gregwillets.com. Uh, he's also part of the New Evangelizers. He's got a lot of stuff going on. You, you probably know about Greg uh, already. But let's take a listen. I'm Greg Willits, and this is Caffeine and Catholicism, your quick jolt for living out the Catholic faith. And in this episode, I'll share the five best meals at your local Catholic parish. Yeah, that's right, food. We love to shove it in our mouths while zipping through the drive-thru, but let's be honest. Food shared amongst friends and family is always better and actually has surprising benefits. In fact, one Columbia University survey showed that teenagers who eat with their families at least five times a week are much less likely to have substance abuse problems and more likely to get better grades in school. Food shared amongst people with common beliefs and common goals and a common focus on knowing, living, and sharing our faith is infinitely more enriching than eating alone. So, what are the best meals to find at your local parish? Starting with number five is spaghetti dinners. Not my personal favorite, but they're easy, kid-pleasing, festive, and casual with great opportunities for impromptu conversations. Number four would be pancake breakfasts, often put on by your local Knights of Columbus, who use the proceeds to support important initiatives. So you get your griddle cakes with a heaping helping of service to others. Number three is the perennial Linton fish fries, which now often come in healthier options, but I'll still take my fish fry. Number two is aftermath coffee and donuts. To this day, my parents are still extremely close friends with people they met at my childhood parish while sharing Krispy Kremes and bad coffee. But the number one shared meal offered at every single Catholic parish is the Eucharist. The body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, which we as Catholics receive as a community at the shared table of the Lamb's Supper each time we receive communion at Mass. The Catechism of the Catholic Church says that the Church, the people of God, is made real as a liturgical, above all, a Eucharistic assembly. She draws her life from the Word and the body of Christ, and so herself becomes Christ's body. This is not just symbolic things. But as Lumen Gentium teaches, truly the Eucharist is the source and summit of the Christian life. Paragraph 1324 of the Catechism says, The other sacraments, and indeed all ecclesiastical ministries and works of the apostolate, are bound up with the Eucharist and are oriented toward it. 
For in the Eucharist is contained the whole spiritual good of the church, namely Christ himself. So yeah, partake of donuts and pancakes, spaghetti dinners and fish fries, but the number one best meal to be found at your local parish is the meal found in the Eucharist at every Mass. It's at this meal that we're brought together as one holy Catholic and apostolic church. It's the best meal in town. Hit me up on Twitter at Greg Willits, and I'll see you on the next Caffeine and Catholicism. Love that. That's awesome. Uh, Greg Willis did a fantastic job with that. And uh, <laughs> groovy music, too. I like that. I'm dancing over here in the studio. That's yeah, awesome. Uh, but he's right. You know, he is absolutely right. I love number one. You know, number one is uh, the Eucharist. I, I love, I love, and it, it, of course, this has a biblical basis, too. We've talked about this on the show, and I will continue uh, to talk about it because I believe it, it, it's, uh, it's very important for us. Uh, but I, I like to talk about the connection here between the family table, the dim, dinner table at home, and God's family table, right, at, uh, at Mass, uh, where we receive uh, the finest of wheat. We receive uh, uh, the living bread come down from heaven. Uh, God feeds us there with uh, the best that there is to feed us with his very self. And that that is the most important. It really is the most important. And at the same time, our family dinner table makes that connection, right? Uh, it really does. Um, if we put a priority on being around the table, uh, really uh, encountering each other around the table without devices, without distractions, uh, to really spend time uh, as a family around the table, it can only help help to reinforce uh, the lived experience of the family of God that we have in our parishes. And that, that I think, is uh, challenging today, very challenging today, but so, so important. And when it comes to feeding families around the table— you know, you got to put food on that table. You've got to put uh, time and effort and energy into feeding a family. Uh, this is something that uh, thankfully, thank God, uh, we do have the uh, the gift, the grace, uh, the blessings in, in our own life and my own family to where we, we have been able to make this a priority. We have been able to really dedicate the time and the energy to, to doing this. I know a lot of a lot of families out there struggle with it. A lot of families tell me, hey, I, we would love to do this, but we find it so difficult and how do you find time and how do you do this and how do you do that? And, you know, there always are uh, difficulties and challenges in, in doing anything that's important in life. And uh, when you make a priority of gathering the table with your family and, and, and eating uh, wholesome food, uh, home-cooked food, uh, it does demand time. And I wrote an article a few years ago, a couple years ago, I think, called, uh, uh, what was it, 10 Short Cuts to putting to Cooking Dinner in Record Time, I think was the, the name of it. 10 Shortcuts to Cooking Dinner in Record Time. You can find that over at catholicfoodie.com. But one, one of the suggestions, one of the tips, one of the shortcuts is what I call one-pot meals. Um, you know, sometimes I, I refer to it as big pot meals because I, I like to cook in big pots. And uh, there are so many dishes, especially these traditional Catholic and Creole, not Catholic, listen to me. <laughs> these traditional Catholic and Creole dishes. I mean, Cajun and Creole dishes. <laughs> that That's funny. Uh, these traditional Cajun and Creole dishes 
are one pot meals. I mean, you think about it, red beans and rice, jambalaya, gumbo. What are these things? What are these meals? These are easy to cook because it's just one pot that you're using. Everything goes in one pot and it cooks for a long time. Uh, Today is Monday, and uh, we have a tradition out here in New Orleans, really all along, uh, all down along South Louisiana, uh, of, of eating red beans and rice on Monday. Why? Uh, well, uh, traditionally, at least as as the way that the legend goes, Mondays were wash days. You know, and back before electric washers and dryers, uh, clothes had to be washed by hand. It was uh, hard work, and it took time. It took lots of time, especially if you're washing the clothes of a whole family. And that meant that on Mondays, there really wasn't a whole lot of time for cooking because at that point in history, what happened? The women were home cooking and cleaning, and the men were out working in the fields or in factories or whatever. And uh, so what, what was the solution? Well, the women would put big pots of water on over a fire. And they would get that water boiling, you know, or simmering, and they would just start adding things to it. And one of the things that they could do, one of the things they could make that was easy, so easy, red beans and rice. So you add those beans. Beans have to cook for a long time, you know, and you want to put something in there to add some flavor. So what are you going to put? You put some onions because onions are plentiful, uh, some bell peppers, uh, and then some celery, and chop those up and then throw that all in there. Uh, some celery, you know, bell pepper, celery, and onion, known down here as the Trinity. Uh, maybe you throw some garlic in there. And uh, you can let that stuff cook all day. And as the beans cook, and once they get really soft, they, it, they just, oh, they just become so good. And if you have the money, you add a little sausage to it to get its little extra flavor. You put that on, put the sausage in a little bit later in the day. And then by the time the work is over and the sun is, is winding down, you have a meal that is already there. It's already made. You just make a little pot of rice to go with it and, uh, and you're good to go. So big pot, as far as I'm concerned, big pot equals big love. You know, you make a big pot of red beans and rice, invite your family, invite your friends, invite your cousins, invite your grandparents, invite those strange people that live down the street, all to come over to your house and to uh, to gather together around the table and to share a meal, a good meal. I, I'm not going to have time today to give you the full recipe of red beans and rice. Uh, I will tell you that uh, I like to use uh, andouille sausage when I make mine and also I like to use pickled pork. I have a recipe over at catholicfoodie.com. I'll put a link in the in the show notes uh, over there today. If you go to catholicfoodie.com, uh, you can click on the link for red beans and rice, and you're going to find uh, all my my full recipe there and all my little tips and tricks. I do have some tips and tricks that I use. And uh, one thing that I don't have in there, I'm going to tell you right now, is that sometimes I use pickled pork in, uh, in that uh, uh, recipe, and I love pickled pork. It adds a, a very unique flavor flavor. And pickled pork is not available everywhere and probably have to dedicate a show to pickled pork one day. Uh, remind me of that. You can always leave voice feedback for me at 985-635-4974. 985-635-4974. I would really appreciate your feedback on the show. You can always email me also, jeff at catholicfoodie.com. Don't forget to find me on Twitter at Catholic Foodie. Find me on Facebook, Catholic Foodie. And, uh, and that's it. It's the end of the show. We're going to see you again tomorrow. We're going to talk to Chef John Besh. Join me. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Real Life Radio. I'll see you tomorrow.
SQPN, leading the way in Catholic new media.